From the studios of WORQ in Wisconsin, this is the Stand Up For The Truth podcast. Today's issues, overlooked headlines, and biblical observations, equipping the remnant around the globe. Got your sword handy? This is Stand Up For The Truth. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ, family of believers, truth proclaimers, and defenders. David Fioraza here with news, headlines, commentary. I've got about three hours worth of material. I will cram it into 56 minutes. First of all, I want to say we are still down to just two states in the United States that we have not heard from. Then there were two, and that would be uh, Connecticut and Rhode Island. Connecticut and Rhode Island are the only two states we have not heard from. I, I Maybe we have listeners there. I don't know. But we have been blessed to have received donations to this ministry, uh, Lakeshore Communications, Q90FM, Stand Up For The Truth, um, from every other state. So it's kind of cool. But who's going to be the last? Is it going to be Connecticut or Rhode Island? Also, I want to mention this coming Friday, Saturday, the 2023 Great Lakes Prophecy Conference in Appleton, Wisconsin at Calvary Chapel. Chris Quintana is going to be here in studio Friday morning. We'll do a podcast with him, and then he opens up the conference at 1 p.m. Friday. I will be speaking at 9 a.m. Saturday morning. You can find the full schedule at ccappleton.org slash prophecy conference or conference. Just go to the website, check it out. Any questions, we'll be talking about this all this week. Now, a great quote from my brother, Pastor Dean Dwyer over in Australia. I've been talking to him recently. He is on a different time zone. I think it's like, what is it, like 1 a.m. there right now? So we can't, it's, it's hard to do a live podcast with him. So we're going to try to record one with Dean. But he's got some great articles over at Harbinger's Daily. And I wanted to share a quote <clears throat> from his recent article. And the recent article, it, you guys got to check it out. It's called simply Created Male and Female, um, Society's Debased Mind Versus the Mind of Christ. So herein lies the fundamental problem, a clash of worldviews. God has spoken and man has spoken. God speaks from eternity, man speaks from morality. God speaks from omniscience, man speaks from flawed science. God speaks from wisdom. Man speaks from folly. God speaks from omnipotence. Man speaks from weakness. Do you get the picture? As Romans 1.22 aptly proclaims, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And what is the result of this? Romans 1.28 states that God gave them over to a debased mind. In the Greek, debased is adakimos, which means disqualified. Listen to this. Because of their rejection of God, they become an untrustworthy guide in moral choices because they have rejected the knowledge of God. Let me repeat that. They become an untrustworthy guide in moral choices. Yet these people are now presiding over nations, school boards, local councils, public libraries, and sadly, even churches. They may sincerely believe their actions are for the good of humanity, but Proverbs 14.12 says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. 
we have heard the endless arguments, supported by complicit media, of those with a debased mind. And it is time that those who have the mind of Christ rise up, raise up their voice, and proclaim the truth of God's word. What truth is he talking about in that article? Genesis 1.27 in particular. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. And that's from Dean Dwyer over at Harbinger's Daily. And that's, you know, I'm going to be talking about that at the conference Saturday morning when I do my session on Imago Dei, the image of God, and how it is being attacked, assaulted, and perverted. So that's going to give you a little teaser. Now, um, good news first, Trail Life USA, I don't know if you're familiar with it, it's the largest Christ-centered, boy-focused scouting organization. We recommend Trail Life USA. And they're really doing some great work. They're empowering traditional boyhood. They're having their fourth annual nationwide camp out, April 28th through 30th. And you can get information on their website, traillifeusa.com. And they say this, the demonization of traditional masculine qualities has left American boys adrift in a sea of confusion and looking for help in a world looking to squash what makes boys unique. Many concerned parents are looking for ways to support and encourage their sons to celebrate, celebrate boyhood. So it's an opportunity at Trail Life USA to get outside and celebrate what it just, just, what it means to be a boy. Isn't it amazing we have to emphasize this in this day and age, but that's where we are. So we've had Trail Life CEO Mark Hancock on the podcast. It's been a while. We'll probably have to get him back on, but I just wanted to mention that and uh, shout out to Trail Life USA and the work they're doing. Um, just going through some, maybe I should just go through some of the headlines here and then come back and talk about some of these in detail. I think that's the best way to go because there are so many. I've got to cut it off at some point. <clears throat> ISIS is rallying to Afghanistan to grow the terrorist organization. And we'll talk about that in a minute. AOC suggests the need to federally regulate Fox News. The Gates Foundation is tied to NGO advocating for radical sex education for kids. A UN report calls to legalize sex with minors pushes towards the normalization of pedophilia. I'm going to stop right there for a minute. Remember the slippery slope that we have been warning about for a couple decades? All right, that's just more evidence. All right, next headline, over 32,000 fewer abortions occurred as a result of Dobbs. A report finds, we'll talk about that. Illegal aliens who are LGBTQ may not be detained under the Democrats' new bill. Next, um, the movie Nefarious. If you, It's doing extremely well. The movie has surpassed expectations, like all Christian movies and family-friendly movies usually do, but Hollywood really doesn't notice or they don't want to notice. But uh, it's already made over $1.3 million, and this article might be from a few days ago. So if you haven't seen Nefarious, um, check it out. Israel, do you realize they're celebrating their 75th birthday of the modern Jewish state since 1948? Uh, next, why blue states are legalizing kidnapping. Friends, if you haven't been following that story, you're not going to believe it, but it is news. 
Next, what is a woman? Education Secretary Miguel Cardona refused under oath to define woman last week. We'll talk about that. Great article by Ken Ham. The clash we see in our culture is a battle between two totally opposite worldviews. Next story, and over at Freedom Project Media, we report on this in the show Educated, um, what, what's happening in, in academia, the college level, the woke, the, the DEI campaign, diversity, equity, and inclusion. It's in almost every campus. It's ingrained now. Um, but here's some of the things they're doing in public schools. Students act out lesbian wedding in eighth grade class. Um, so the teacher organized this. So all right, we'll talk about that, how that, how that possibly happens. Um, GOP passes girls' sports bill, and all House Democrats side with Leah Thomas, who is a biological male. Next, Colorado offers safe haven for abortion and transgender care. State-by-state battles, friends, these are so important. Uh, Free reign given to increasing communist-style violence against Christian churches in 2023. And we know, since all the people that we have interviewed who have had their either churches or their pro-life pregnancy centers or here in Madison, Wisconsin, Julian Appling, Wisconsin Family Council offices firebombed, we understand um, they're not in a hurry to, to pursue justice when it comes to Christians and conservatives. So we'll talk about that, why the Biden administration gets a free pass from the media. I think you know why. Um, next, five places where having a Bible will get you arrested or killed. Next, how the left weaponized our legal system. You know what? I've got to put that one next to the, um, the other one. So if we get to the, if we get that far, I've got to stop somewhere and just start talking about these things. But I've got one more over at Project Veritas. Okay, I've got two more. Uh, Project Veritas releases disturbing undercover footage from gender clinics offering advice for children. And uh, some are putting out the hashtag on social media, how young is hashtag too young? We'll talk about that. And finally, Andy No, GNO, has done some great uh, undercover work, not even undercover, but just great journalism. Over in Oregon, uh, a teacher's aide um a drag mom to be, I'm sorry, to child drag queen sentenced to less than one year in jail for 11 felony child sex crimes. Less than a year in jail. Um, 33-year-old. All right, we'll possibly get to that. Now, where do we start? Well, let me go back to another good quote. A.W. Tozer said, we must stop negotiating with evil. We, Christians, must stop apologizing for our moral position and start making our voices heard, exposing sin for the enemy of the human race, which it surely is. A.W. Tozer. And I'll, I'll, you know, along with that, there's some scriptures I would like to share back in Ephesians 5 that we often quote. 5.11 And then verse 15 and 16, do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. 
And verse 15, Therefore be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. So friends, this is all, why do we bring a lot of this stuff up? It's not to overwhelm you with what's going on and just the constant decline and direction of, of morality, of common sense, of reasoning and critical thinking uh, in our country and around the world. It's to say, Christians, here's what we need to do to respond. Burying our heads in the sand or hiding our light under a bushel or our light under a basket and not saying anything is to condone it, really approve of it. And we are today where we are in part due to the silence of the Christian church in the past century. We should write a book about that, The Cost of Our Silence. All right, so ISIS. Let's go back to uh, the New York Post article. ISIS is rallying, as you know, um, the Islamic State terrorists. They're using Afghanistan as a base for plotting against American and European targets in the wake of President Biden's disastrous military withdrawal when he came into office in, in the early months of his, his so-called presidency. According to a secret Pentagon assessment that was leaked by Massachusetts Air National Guardsman uh, Jack Tixiera, um, less than two years after Biden withdrew, the country has become a significant coordination site for the Islamic State as the terrorist group plans attacks across Europe and Asia and conducts aspirational plotting against the United States. This is even mentioned in the Washington Post. So even liberal, uber-liberal newspapers are even admitting this is what's going on in Afghanistan. But of course... No accountability. They'll, whoever voted, they'll keep voting D. Whoever's got the D behind their name, doesn't matter. And by the way, the new polls, who cares about polls? But the new poll says even like 64% of Democrats don't want Biden to run again. You know, they don't want him to run. Of course they don't. He, he's, he's a failure. Um, he doesn't know what he's doing. Sadly, he's got some problems, physical health problems. So in a way, it makes you feel sorry for them, but they put them up there to be the puppet, right? But, of course, they don't want them to run, but it doesn't matter. Whoever's got the D behind their name, they'll vote. And I, I would say that for 95% of Democrats. That's that's not a scientific poll. Next, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Cortez, uh, she suggests there's a need to federally regulate Fox News. That's right. The Democrat from New York said over the weekend that Fox News was responsible for inciting violence and that it was the Congress's job to explore ways to regulate Fox News. Friends, stop right there. That is communist policy. That's what we've been seeing. I know if you're, if you're over 40 years old, you have a hard time still grasping that language in terms of how it relates to America and the United States today. When you say communism, when you say communist policy, if you're our age, <laughs> 40 years or older, I put myself between 40 and 70 there, um, you have a hard time coming to terms with that reality. But this is where we are. They have censored and shadow banned and shut down and silenced Christians, people of faith, conservatives, uh, Republicans, independents even, just trying to do journalism 
when it comes to anything uh, about um, abortion or even, you know, the vaccines or the COVID, you know, health issues, all this censorship is communist policy. Why? Because they put out their talking points and their propaganda, and that's, that's what they want people to hear. So they now say everything else that opposes us, that's misinformation. And so because it's misinformation, we need to censor it and shut it down. That's communist policy in America. So back to the article. Um, she made the remarks during an interview Sunday on MSNBC with Jen Psaki, who was nodding, of course, um, while discussing Fox News' recent settlement with Dominion voting systems. That's a whole other story we don't have time to get into. But in an interview... She talked about regulations and claims that when you look at what Tucker Carlson and some of these other folks at Fox do, it is very, very clearly incitement of violence. Think about, all right, I'm going to go there. Think about 2020 and what was happening on American streets. She just said some of the reporting that Tucker Carlson and others do on Fox incites violence. What did they do leading up to the riots by Antifa and the Black Lives Matter Global Foundation Network, Marxist-driven, causing violence and over dozens of deaths on city streets, exploding, burning up buildings and blowing up cop cars, police cars across the country? They, they justified it after they incited that violence. And then they they took no accountability. They said, "Oh, well, this this needs to happen because these people that are upset they need to have their voices heard." That is that's that's gaslighting. That's gaslighting when they're saying, uh, you know, just an example. They AOC said Tucker Carlson is inciting violence. Understand this is a worldview war, but also they use words. Very shrewdly, and it's demonic, friends. It's demonic, and people fall for it. Oh, wow, I guess people that don't watch Fox News are going, well, yeah, you're, yeah, AOC, you know, kudos for pointing that out, that Fox is inciting violence. When the left has been doing that for decades, and particularly since the year 2019, actually even before that, back when, when Trump took office, just to give you one example that I just, just heard of recently, I was reminded of recently, remember the uh, failed... Uh, a comedian, uh, what's her name? Griffin. Kathy? Susie? Kathy. I think it's Kathy Griffin. She held a, a severed bloody head of President Trump up in a comedy spoof or whatever. And that, stuff like that's not in, oh, well, oh, it's, it's artistic license, right? Cause it's comedy. No, that's inciting violence. What about the rap lyrics? What about others saying, you know, kill Trump, assassinate? Nobody was held accountable. And we saw what happened in 2020. Okay, back to the headlines. The Gates Foundation tied NGO advocating for radical sex education for kids. So the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation donates millions annually to a non-governmental organization which claims that children are born sexual and should learn about, quote, commercial sex work when they're under 10 years old. The International Planned Parenthood Federation... That's right. IPPF, it's a separate entity from the U.S. nonprofit, has significant influence on global sex education. 
The NGO comprises 120 independent organizations in over 146 countries and has received over $80 million from Gates. Other significant donors include the World Health Organization, the WHO. That's right. That's right. And the 2017 uh, report showed how the NGO teaches sex education to children around the globe. That's right. That's right. They're talking about it, and they want to get get it even to more children under 10. Okay? Next story. U.S. I'm sorry, U.N., United Nations, report calls to legalize sex with minors, and they're pushing toward the normalization of pedophilia. We've told you about this. We've I've written about it. So it's a disturbing new report from the U.N. program on HIV, AIDS, U.N. AIDS, in parentheses, um, to growing concerns about global leaders pushing toward, pushing to normalize pedophilia. The report, um, principles for a human rights-based approach to criminal law prescribing conduct associated with sex, reproduction, drug use, HIV, homelessness, and poverty. That's a long title, isn't it? Well, they're offering this United Nations, they're offering legal guidance on issues related to sex involving, including involving children under the age of 18. Without any discussion about what the age of consent should be, the report suggests minors can consent to having sex with an adult. Quote, sexual conduct involving persons below the domestically prescribed minimum age of consent to sex may be consensual, in fact, if not in law. The report states it advises lawyers, judges, and law enforcement to consider, quote, the rights and capacity of persons under 18. See, this could be a 12-year-old. This could be a 10-year-old. As long as there's consent, right? Consensual sexual conduct. Yeah, we knew this was coming, friends. It's just that, that slippery slope. And it's Romans 1. We are living in Romans 1. One of the things I'm going to be talking about Saturday morning at the Prophecy Conference in my presentation is when does a society see the unleashing of God's wrath? When, At what point is, is God's wrath released on a people, a country, a society? Uh, we're going to talk about that because many of us believe we are living in Romans 1, particularly the second half of that chapter. But the next article is good news. Over 32,000 fewer abortions occurred as a result of overturning the Dobbs, uh, in the Dobbs decision, Roe v. Wade overturning that. Uh, this report came out last week. In, in the six months following the Supreme Court's decision that overturned Roe v. Wade, over 32,000 fewer abortions were carried out in the U.S. So that's good news, and I'm not going to get into the whole articles because we've got so much else to cover. But, but I do want to say... Um, by the way, this article quotes our guest next Monday, Dr. Ingrid, Ingrid Scott. Um, she said, the FDA did not study young women. They're required by their own laws to study women under the age of 18, but there's no age limit. Even 11-year-olds, 12-year-olds are taking these abortion pills, and that has never been studied, end quote. So we're going to have Dr. Scott on Monday, she's a senior fellow and director of medical affairs at the Charlotte Lozier Institute 
And um, we're going to talk about the FDA's safety protocols when it comes to these abortion drugs. Yeah, it's going to be a big topic. So, But I did want to tell you, though there's good news, according to th- them, uh, this report, 32,000 less or 32,000 fewer abortions. We know that evil has been ignited in America even since that point. They were ready. They were waiting in the wings for this. Remember there was a leaked report that, that the vote was probably going to go that way and overturn Roe v. Wade. The leak went out and they started attacking Christian churches and pro-life pregnancy centers and firebombing them. Jane's Revenge, Antifa, BLM, and other uh, pro-abortion terrorists most of whom have not been even arrested or investigated yet. We knew this was going to come out, and when that was overturned, I mean, this evil and this violence was going to be unleashed like a blitzkrieg in America, and it has. So we know even though there's good news, there are tens of thousands of fewer abortions. You know they are working overtime because darkness doesn't sleep. So they are going to continue to work on promoting this and making uh, women... Uh, allowing women greater access to abortion. It doesn't matter the laws. Some states are going to ignore the laws or the overturning of it. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but I saw a headline this morning. A Canadian health um, government representative there said, hey, if the uh, FDA or if the courts continue to have a hold on this abortion pill for use in America, you can get it in Canada. We'll help. We'll help you guys kill your babies. So... Keep your eye on that. They will find, as Romans 1 says, they will find new ways to do evil. They are inventors of evil. Now there's an abortion pill. Doctor doesn't even need to be involved. You don't even need to see a doctor in person. You can get the pill in the mail. Anyway, next headline. We've got four minutes left already. Illegal aliens who are LGBTQ may not be detained. Democrats in the House and Senate introduced legislation last week that would make it harder to hold illegal aliens in custody if they qualify as a, quote, vulnerable person. What does that mean? Gay, lesbian, transgender, non-English speaking, or those who meet other definitions of the term under the bill. So it's called the Dignity for Detained Immigrants Act. Senator Cory Booker was a key, the Democrat from New Jersey, um, and it's aimed at setting minimum standards for detention facilities where thousands of illegal aliens are kept as they await processing. Among other things, it would bar the use of private detention facilities and make sure government-run facilities meet minimum standards. And so bottom line is they, if, if they're just going to send the news flash, right, the marching orders out, they're going to send this out, hey, to all those who are illegal coming across the board, just just identify as LGBTQ. And then th- that would make it much harder for them to be held in custody. Just, again, new ways to do evil, right? All right. <clears throat> One more before we have to take our break. Um, the film Nefarious. Something dark is going on in America. Spiritual battle demonic themes are confronted in this new movie, um, it takes on very a very different tone, attacking evil possession and spiritual warfare, and it's like a horror thriller. It might seem surprising and unique, especially under the faith-based banner. Um, CBN's FaithWire and uh, CBN has reported on this. 
They, there was a premiere in Dallas. Uh, it says, uh, it's something we felt called to do. It's very intense, but also very compelling. So Nefarious, this new movie that's doing extremely well in theaters, it centers on two characters, an inmate and a psychiatrist, and a shocking dialogue that unfolds between the parties with evil and spiritual truth permeating much of the chatter. So it's called Nefarious. What this movie does, I'm reading a quote we've heard over and over again, it, it doesn't leave people alone. Days later, they're still thinking about what they saw and what they heard. So it opens up the thought process because it's a movie not about the movie's not about a cultural battle. It's about a spiritual battle. And that's what we started off this podcast as reading from uh, my friend Dean Dwyer. So it is a clash of worldviews that we're dealing with, right? But the bottom line here, Nefarious has surpassed expectations over the weekend, coming in at number nine at the box office. I mean, this was hardly, you probably hardly heard about it which often happens with faith-based movies. This one's a little, uh, takes a little different slant about there's some kind of dark thing going on. Um, so again, look it up. Just check it out. It's called Nefarious. And that's why we're going to continue to support faith-based movies because we want Hollywood to maybe pay attention. They haven't started yet, obviously. Speaking of that, Disney doubled down. We'll get to that when we come back. After its worst year since 1974, Disney doubles down. They're going to be hosting... Pride Night, Disneyland After Dark, Pride Night. So they haven't learned. They've lost over a quarter billion dollars. More coming up, more news, headlines, and commentary on Stand Up For The Truth. Our social media pages are shadow banned. Thanks for your prayers and sharing our posts at StandUpForTheTruth.com. All right, friends, uh, back to that Disney article briefly before we get going with more uh, headlines, and including Israel's birthday, 75 years old, um, which is still miraculous, and we'll talk a little bit about that. So Disney, two major animated films featuring LGBTQ elements, Lightyear and Strange World, lost over $300 million at the box office in the last year uh, or so. It's stock plummeted by 44% last year alone. So knowing that they've lost public support as well as over a quarter billion dollars on just two animated films, what did Disney do? Double down. They decided to promote in honor of, quote, Pride Month. Let's celebrate sin, shall we? They're going to have its first ever Disneyland After Dark Pride Night. Yeah, Disneyland, darkness, depravity, sounds about right. So think about this. It used to be nearly impossible for a Disney animated feature film to bomb at the box office, but they found a way to do it. They added same-sex characters and themes. They injected these in their movies. They're doing it throughout their product and their um, brand across the board. They've been doing this over the last decade uh, at least. So... The headline from Disney, this is what they put out, celebrating the LGBTQIA plus community and allies. Proudly join us for the first ever Disneyland After Dark Pride Night at Disneyland Park, June 13 and 15. So it's a proud celebration. We've talked a lot about pride in the past. Pride comes before a fall. We don't need to talk about what this is about, but uh, we do need to mention just what they're ignoring. 
they can maybe afford to, to, to lose millions, um, or in Disney's case, hundreds of millions of dollars. Their stock sank to a 52-week low at the end of last year, and they've had their worst year since 1974. The common theme between these movies and the reason that they both lost more money than any other animated film in Disney history is the showcasing of woke ideology that permeates both films. Uh, so I won't get into the details, but I'll put the article in the podcast blog today at StandUpForTheTruth.com. But I do want to mention the Parents Television Council. They're, they now are called the Parents Television and Media Council. Along with over 10,000 parents and concerned citizens signed a petition to Disney calling on the board of directors to remove sexually themed content directed at children. They're, yes, they're targeting children. Remember we talk about in the public schools that the left and those who would want to indoctrinate young children, they have access, I use that word often, they have access to American children at younger and younger ages that was never possible before. And they're converting kids across the country. What a drag, right? I know, drag. See what I did there? So this is the judgment. John chapter 3. Light has come into the world. And the people loved the darkness rather than the light, for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light so that his deeds will not be exposed. But the one who practices the truth comes to the light. The simple fact is people love their sins, so they remain in darkness instead of turning to Jesus, the only one who can rescue them and save their soul. And friends, pray. Pray for their salvation. Their time is running out. They are doing evil, and they have rejected God, and um, have mercy on their souls because they, they have no idea what's coming. Judgment is coming. And we read that from the pages of Scripture. Um, so Israel, 75 years. Isn't that amazing to think? It's just from 1948. So here, there's reasons to celebrate this, if you're a Christian especially, um, against all human expectations. And, of course, according to God's promises, Israel still stands after 75 years. Of course, they weren't even a nation before that. They came back together um miraculously in 1948, reborn, so to speak. But we celebrate because of Israel's survival. They've been the epitome of survival from the moment God created a people and gave them land and a law. They became a prime target for the world. Uh, we also celebrate because of their innovative spirit. The people uh, started to organize under leadership and it's been amazing what Israel has done from a place of swamps, desert, rocks, and almost no vegetation. Do you know now they are like, um, if, if they're not the top exporter of produce around the world, they're in the top three. I mean, drip irrigation was an Israeli invention out of necessity. They're one of the world's foremost providers of fresh produce. It's just amazing. We also celebrate um, because Israel is the only democracy in the Middle East. That's why all these dictatorships and, and Muslim countries and nations are against this one little 
state the size of New Jersey, this little bit of land uh, surrounded, really. Um, we also c- celebrate because Israel is a safe haven for the Jewish people and because the rebirth of Israel really set the stage for much of the Bible to be fulfilled. A lot of it, Bible prophecy, was kind of teetering on that moment in 1948 when Israel was reborn. The stage was set for many more prophecies, and it's it's really, really amazing. So there's a list of those. There's a great article over at New... Antisemitism.com, new antisemitism. It's by Olivier Melnick, and it's called Israel at 75. We'll put that in the notes. We'll put, we'll put a handful. We can't put all the articles because it would be such a long <laughs> blog post, but we'll put a bunch of these uh, in the blog at standupforthetruth.com. Sound good? Next, why blue states are legalizing kidnapping. You may think that's an exaggeration. The state of Washington recently made news with legislation allowing the state to give so-called gender-affirming care to minors who run away from home. Permissible interventions includes surgeries to cut off the children's genitalia. It specifically allows Washington State to withhold information from parents about what is happening to their child. If you're a parent who is looking for your child and the state knows where the child is and won't tell you, it's going to feel an awful lot like kidnapping. This is just amazing. Actually, it's not, it's not really amazing. It's, um, it's tragic. It's sad. All right, next, I've already mentioned what is a woman. A GOP lawmaker stumps education secretary with a simple question about Title IX. Um, I don't know if you heard about this. Education Secretary Miguel Cardona refused to define a woman under oath at a House Appropriations Subcommittee hearing. Uh, it's really, really a head-scratcher that, that the entire Biden administration is going along with this delusion. Okay, so Title IX prohibits discrimination, including on the basis of sex, in education programs that receive federal funding. So what the the Biden Democrats are doing, they're seeking to alter Title IX to punish states, you heard that right, punish states in the country, United States, that want to protect girls and the integrity of women's sports. How? By prohibiting males, boys, transgender athletes from competing in women's sports and using their dressing rooms, locker rooms, and everything else. So... This is just, let me just quote um, Andrew Clyde, a Republican from Georgia. He said, since Title IX prohibits discrimination between male and female to ensure that each gets appropriate funding, I think it's important that the country sees that the government understands the difference. So can you please tell me or define for me what is a woman? End quote. Cardona refused to answer the question. He said, our, our focus at the department is to provide equal access to students, including students who are LGBTQ, access free from discrimination. So Clyde again said, so what's the definition of a woman? You haven't given me that. You haven't answered the question. And he went, he skirted the issue again, said we're going to give access to LGBTQ. So what is their focus on the minority? Really, it's fascinating. 
it really is fascinating. And that's your, your government. Um, okay, we don't need to belabor the point there. So now what happened in, in that eighth grade class in Ohio, in Cleveland? Brunswick Middle School, um, one of the teachers who participated in, a, in this ceremony reportedly is the mother of one of the girls, the eighth graders. And what they did, um, one of the girls, I guess a child in the class videotaped it. Otherwise, you would never find out some of this is going on in many, many, many government-run school classrooms across the country unless a young child takes a video and, and shares it with someone that can actually expose this. So the lesbian-identified girls sealed their fake marriage in the classroom with ring pops. And, of course, they didn't tell the parents that this was going on. But an eighth-grade class acted out a lesbian wedding. Of course, it was a fake wedding. But they acted out, as eighth-grade students, a lesbian wedding between two female students taking place in the classroom. And we've got so many more stories like this. And I, I share this... T- because it's eighth grade, and there's also a disturbing story out of even in Wisconsin about a kindergarten uh, class that was told to use the pronouns, the preferred pronouns of a young boy. Wait a minute, a young girl that's going to be a boy that wants to transition in kindergarten. This is where we're at, friends. It's not just in. San Francisco, it's not just in New York, it's not just in um, Chicago, Washington, D.C., Detroit, Los Angeles, Atlanta, you know, uh, you know all the cities. It's not just there, it's in rural USA. And that's the point we often make here. That's my reason for just mentioning that one story, and that's over at WND. Now, over at WashingtonStand.com, the GOP passed a girls' sports bill and to protect young girls and women and protect Title IX, and all House Democrats opposed it. They sided with biological male Leah Thomas, who, if, if you don't know who Leah Thomas is, um, he was competing as a male for, I think, two or three years and uh, just wasn't doing very good in the swimming competition in high school. So he, d- he decides to, quote, transition to female, and he started using the f- girls' locker room and dressing room and swim on the girls' team as a woman. He grew out his hair, but I, I don't think he had any of the you know, surgeries or any- anything like that. But he started winning swim meets. He start- in fact, I think he placed first in a couple. He may have won a title in women's swimming as a boy in, in his first year. Of swimming as as a girl, you know, I should say impersonating a girl. So anyway, the Republicans, thank God, someone's trying to do something about this. Um, the it's girls' sports bill, and the Democrats, of course, are opposing it. Elections have consequences, and millions and millions of Christians in America do not vote. Democrats show constantly show the country whose side they're on. And remember, friends, this is a clash of worldviews. Christians and those who believe God and truth and the Bible and those who claim the name of Christ and the forces of darkness and evil and perversion and corruption and blasphemy. 
So the left is playing their, overplaying their hand, but you can clearly see what side they're on. So what say you, American citizen voter, when you vote in elections? Are you going to change if, if you've been voting Democrat? They, they're clearly showing what side they're on here. I, I like that that was spelled out in this article. So next, um, Colorado, going from state to state here, is in Colorado's is, Offering safe haven for abortion and transgender care. A trio of health care bills enshrining access in Colorado to abortion and, quote, gender affirming procedures and medications became law uh, last Friday as Democrat led state tries to m- make itself a safe haven for its neighbors. Meaning states kind of surrounding Colorado, Oklahoma is one, and and these are other states that are trying to restrict abortion and protect young children and the gender confused. So the main goal of the legislation by demonic, I mean Democratic Governor Jared Polis, is to ensure people in surrounding states and beyond can go to Colorado to have their baby killed, to begin puberty blockers, to receive gender-affirming surgery without fear of prosecution. Um, anyway, so Wyoming is another one of those states that passed abortion bans. Utah has uh, restricted transgender care. Oklahoma has passed some outstanding legislation. So this is a spiritual battle at its root, but it is a battle that's playing out state by state in our country. Now, um now we'll talk about the clash here we're seeing. It's really demonic, the attacks against Christians. It's, it's what some are calling communist-style violence against Christian churches in this year alone. Uh, this is over at the American Family Association. The Biden administration appears to be either unwilling or unable to bring people to justice when they set fire to churches or vandalize churches or pro-life pregnancy centers or bomb them, um, which there have been. Hundreds of attacks. Um, so an addendum to study documenting violence against at least 69 Christian churches in this case in just the first three months of this year reveals that angry, unhinged supporters of abortion, I like to call them abortion terrorists, supporters of transgenderism and other cultural Marxists have thrown fear of criminal persecution to the wind in 2023. The Family Research Council last year reported on at least 57 attacks on churches, while newly released information documents 69 already this year in just three months, January, February, March, they're talking about. By category, the attacks included general vandalism, arson, gun violence, bomb threats, and others. So the American Family Association Executive President Ed Vitagliano pointed out the troublesome correlation that many of these attacks in states like North Carolina, Ohio, Tennessee, Florida, Missouri, Pennsylvania, all states with strong church attendance, interestingly enough. So, quote, the radical left is ramping up its war against the Christian faith in America, motivated by the cultural Marxism that is the foundation for much of the secular progressive movement, Vitagliano states. Meanwhile, the Biden administration appears to be either unwilling or unable to bring people to justice. The Bible-believing church in this nation needs to read the handwriting on the wall. 
communist-style oppression and violence is not just coming down the pike. It's already here. Uh, you can subscribe to The Stand, formerly known as the AFA Journal, and get more about this. We are, we're thankful for the work Don Wildman and Tim Wildman more recently has done at American Family Association, AFA.net, to keep up with some of their uh, great work on this area. And friends, this is it's happening, what we never thought some of us. You know, I preached at a church yesterday in Sturgeon Bay, Wisconsin, and um, I asked this question, what would our great-grandparents think? And I've asked that so many times on this podcast. God willing, when I start writing my next book, I'm going to include that as a chapter. Maybe I should just title the book. What do you think? What would our great-grandparents say? Or what would our great-grandparents think <laughs> if they could see America today? Um, so let's go to that project. Well, no, one more time. Uh, how the left weaponized our legal system. Um, this is really amazing. Let's let's give you one example over in Loudoun County, Virginia. They're run by radicals, the school system there. A girl sexually assaulted in a school bathroom by a trans girl, i.e. a boy. School administrators are so fiercely devoted to transgender ideology, they covered up the, the, re the assault. They covered it up. When the victim's father, Scott Smith, spoke at a school board meeting, he was shut down and tackled by cops, by the police. In the wake of this and similar incidents around the country, the National School Boards Association, NSBA, collaborates with the Biden White House staffers on a letter to the Justice Department falsely claiming that parents like Smith have been guilty of malice, violence, and, th and, and threats against public school officials. And they want to, they're asking the DOJ to deal appropriate, appropriately with these, quote, domestic terrorists. So again, you, you heard that right. What did this father do? His daughter was assaulted in a school bathroom and the school covered it up. When he found out about it, he went to a board meeting, a school board meeting, and he was, he wasn't violent. But you can understand how he, the victim's father was angry. So what does the National School Board Association do? Hey, they're, thinking, they're saying, hey, too many of these parents are showing up at these meetings now and exposing what we're doing in our ideology. Let's get the Justice Department, who we, we already know the Biden administration is on our side. Let's get the Justice Department to, to intimidate them. So that's weaponizing executive agencies. It's nothing new. They've weaponized the DOJ, the CIA, the FBI, and we've reported on that when we've had people like uh, the Reverend Jim Harden, Compass Care Pregnancy Center, Buffalo, New York. Um, we've had Jelaine Appling on. So let's go to one more I think we have time for, and that is Project Veritas, disturbing undercover footage from gender clinics offering advice for children. This is, of course, Project Veritas, an investigative journalist group, they released, uh, they, they're doing a series on the practices of gender clinics in the U.S., and uh, this is undercover. We do have patients who are starting transition as young as eight, nine years old, says Nora Scott, a licensed social worker at um, Dell Children's Medical Center. In the same video, the undercover journalists asking about the gender transition of a hypothetical 10-year-old 
are eventually directed to Dr. John Stever at Mount Sinai Adolescent Health Center in New York City. Stever says he follows the World Professional Association of Transgender Health. Did you know there was such a thing? WPATH, W-P-A-T-H, World Professional Association of Transgender Health. They have guidelines. And he tells the journalists on camera, but he doesn't know he's being recorded, right? The way to go at this age, age 10, would be something like a puberty blocker, adding that the drug, quote, it really stops puberty pretty quickly so that no further development of the secondary secondary sexual characteristics can happen. So things like there's no real chest development, there's no menstruation, things like that, end quote. And they're recording this guy. Um, and I'm going to read another quote. Stever continues, When you then get to age 14 is when I'll consider some cross-gender hormones. 14 is a reasonable age. Most kids are mature enough to make a relatively informed decision. Cross-gender hormones, testosterone in this case, you know, do have some permanent effects, so I need the patient to be a little mature enough to make a relatively informed decision. Guys, let me stop right there and talk about the maturity of children and relatively informed decisions. There are children in grade school and junior high school doing these idiotic TikTok challenges and ending up in emergency rooms in the hospital. I'm not kidding you. Um, there's, there was a Benadryl challenge, and one child died, there, a 13-year-old, I think. There was another challenge where a, a young boy was blowing up a basketball. It you know, was air uh, you know, to inflate a basketball, and you're supposed to do it until it explodes. Well, it got in, it, he had, it blew his ears and in his, got some in his eyes and his hand got injured. And another one, there was this hot pepper gum and it was the equivalent of the, the contents of pepper spray in this gum. And it was a TikTok challenge. And I think over 11 or 12 children were sent to the, the emergency room because they took this TikTok challenge. So you're saying these children are mature enough to make decisions regarding their gender and hormones and transition. Are you kidding me? I think that's a good place to end it for today. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, so remember the Prophecy Conference, Calvary Chapel Appleton. Go to ccappleton.org. Uh, Chris Quintana is going to be in studio on Friday, and then he's going to kick off the conference at 1 p.m. Friday. I'll be speaking Saturday morning, 9 a.m. on Imago Day, the image of God. And um, I want to share um, the next three days. We will not be doing live podcasts the next three days because it's our spring fundraiser here at Q90FM, Lakeshore Communications, Stand Up for the Truth. So all day tomorrow, Wednesday and Thursday, we're raising funds for the next six months of operating expenses, and you can be a part of that if you would like to donate. Go to StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. And thank you guys so much for your prayers. We covered that most of all. And, of course, sharing the podcast. Um, I'm looking at some guests ahead uh, next week. Tim Murphy, Dr. Ingrid Scott, Trevor Loudon, Chuck Gerard, John Leffler, J.B. Hickson, T.A. McMahon, John Haller, Holly Pivick, Jelaine Appling, Pete Garcia, Pastor Steve Smotherman. Should I continue? That's just a little sneak peek in the month of May. If you want to subscribe to the podcast, to the newsletter, it freely goes out every Friday. It doesn't cost you anything. You get one email per week, and that is StandUpForTheTruth.com. Just click the button, subscribe. Thank you guys so much, and uh, we really appreciate you again. 
Our fundraiser will be the next three days, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. God bless you, and as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.